Yo, what up, gods, kings, and queens? It's your boy, your host, young god, Chris Julian. And for the sake of my pods when I'm doing them, the wise man. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> I'm excited, uh, you know, about today's topic. Uh, I'm excited to give you guys this this uh, this teaching because it's sort of like forgotten to uh, in in our day and age. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it was common knowledge to our ancestors and our and our biblical ancestors. Well, the teaching of how the importance of that to, of the topic. Today's topic is words. And the importance of words. Not only will we be, we be discussing that, but there's another topic that you have to discuss with the importance of words is Proverbs 23, 7. And we'll be talking about that as well. And it reads, as a man think in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm, excuse me. Okay, with mm, how to begin to share light on the the crucialness of words. We have to start with with what you think in your heart and break that down. That that uh that scripture. All right, as you think in your heart. Well, notice that it didn't say in your head, first off. In your, we think a million thoughts a day in our head. We're all subject to that. We're constantly thinking. I mean, you're interacting with people. People say stuff to you to make you think. You think when you just got things on your mind, et cetera, et cetera. So we're thinking a million thoughts a day through our head. That's everyone. But what you think in your heart, well, then what, what's your heart? Here is not talking about your heart just uh, within your physical body, you know, because you obviously can't think in there. It, it, it's designed to uh, keep blood pumping and regulate so that way you can, uh, it helps to get, to be able to uh, distribute blood so that way you get oxygen, etc., etc. All right, well, <clears throat> where is your heart? What is your heart? What is that talking about? Well, the heart here is talking about the subconscious realm, your spirit. Your spirit is your heart. That's what that's talking about. As you think in your spirit, the spirit is first. You understand? To understand the teaching of the subconscious realm and the spirit realm, you have to understand that it is first. It being first, it is not not, a... that should let you know that the, the conscious realm is second. Well, what's the conscious realm? The conscious realm is the physical realm where we are right now, where your senses thrive at and they are able to act in their highest. And your senses are your, you know, your taste, what you hear, smell, see, and what you can feel and touch, you know, the five senses. So, that's where they act at in their highest here in the conscious realm but subconscious but it was second everything in the physical realm started off and was birthed or was an ideal or a vision and dream 
everything in this realm was and already existed in the subconscious realm. It was that's why the conscious the subconscious realm is first. The spirit realm is first. The the borderline or the boundary between the subconscious realm and the conscious realm is time. In the subconscious realm, there does there is no time. Everything already is, everything already exists subconsciously in eternity. You cross from eternity over into time, from the subconscious over into the conscious. That's how you look at that, because that's actually what it is. So what does that mean, everything already exists? Or everything already is? Well, let's look at it in the light, uh, in first person light. So just you as to say. Let's look at it from a personal view. Let's look at it with aspirations or with material things that you want and desire. Desires and aspirations. Things you want to become. Things you want to do. Things that you want to have and obtain. Well, in the subconscious, you already have them. You already have. In the subconscious, dealing with aspirations... You already are. You don't need to become in the subconscious. It already exists. So you already are in material things you already have. You have the house, the fancy car, the beautiful home, and a bank account with a lot of money. You already have them there. Or you already are a doctor and a lawyer, a basketball player, an inventor, uh, whatever the case may be, a technician and, uh, and a an engineer, you know, like all those things, all fields, whatever it might be, you already are them, you don't need to become them in the subconscious realm, those dreams and envisions, uh, visions and, and your, your, those desires to, to have and obtain and to become, they impressed upon you from the subconscious, from where they already exist onto you in the physical realm, which is why as a child, when they impressed upon you, you desired to obtain them or you desired to become and you, you wanted to be an NBA player, an inventor, a doctor, a lawyer, you want to practice medicine to achieve it here. They, but it impressed upon you because in the subconscious realm, you already are the doctor, the lawyer, the NBA player, the NFL player, the baseball player, the inventor, uh, a technician. You you are that already, which is why it impressed upon you as a child. Because it ta- and it take it took time though. It had to cross over into time. Here it's waiting to happen because that that's what time is. You're, it's a false narrative in the world that you're born with nothing no pertaining to our teaching you're born with two things time that's a false that's a false teaching it's a false doctrine it's a lie it's all of that it's fabricated you're born with time and you're born with your words which is what we're going to get into next understand that Things take time to manifest themselves in the conscious realm, in the physical realm, but they already are. There, things exist outside of time and eternity. There is no time in eternity, so things are forever, which is not why God is everlasting. He exists outside of time. He has, he always has been, he always are, he always was, he always is, and he always will be. He does not abide in time. He exists outside of time. He created time. You understand? That's where that's eternity. 
That's what eternity is. Eternity is forever. There was no ending. There was no beginning. There was no ending. You exist outside of it. It's hard for your mind to, to understand. But the mind, it being spiritual, it's connected to, you know, the, the mind, the imagination, they're connected to your spirit, to your spirit. But for the mind, it's hard to understand spiritual things. That's, uh, that's the kind of the state of the world for right now. And I mean, that just goes into God and you have to study God dealing with Adam and Eve to see why we are conditioned the way we are and why the world is the, is in the state that it's in and the earth being in the state that it's in. But it'll let you know about the mind, why it's hard to understand eternal things, subconscious things. But we're not going to get into that, but just know that those things are connected to the subconscious and everything that you aspire to to do, desire to do what you uh, desire to obtain and have, you already have those things in the subconscious, but they they take time to manifest themselves in the conscious realm, okay, so that's understanding the heart and what that scripture was talking about, so now that we know that the heart is talking about the spirit or the subconscious, then you understand that what you think in your heart it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, or so you will be, or so, such and so forth, however you want to look at it. But as you think, what you're thinking in your spirit, in the spirit, so it is with you. That's very deep. And that's a governing rule. Our ancestors knew this as common knowledge. They kind of, they had already kind of had the, uh, the teaching was just more common knowledge. It was more, uh, uh, how do I say this? It was their education kind of to say like it was a common uh, kind of a damn like, you know, like if you're in school, you take your generals or whatever, you know, and, and you, for, for your curriculum, you take your generals, arith, uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they kind of had this teaching as common knowledge. It was like a curriculum that they, you know, were, was giving to everyone. So. And this is our biblical ancestors and our ancestors like, but it's more forgotten here in 2018 in our day and age, which is why I'm excited to tell you about this because I mean, understanding that knowledge is so powerful, so deep. I mean, imagine the things that you could do with this knowledge. See, to understand this knowledge, to understand this scripture as a man think in his heart, so it is with he, it'll let you, it'll literally let you know that you could think yourself to, to wealth, you could think yourself healthy, you could think yourself, eat. you could even think yourself to death, as sad as it, as it is to say, and people are not having this knowledge and understanding, sadly, we, 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 we don't know these things, and tragedies happen, you literally, literally can think yourself from an ill state into into being healthy, you could literally think a, a, a beloved partner or spouse into your life. It only, I mean, it just takes time. Time, like I said, is the boundary between the subconscious from your heart to the into the outward realm. From the, they come from the inward realm to the outward realm. That's how you have to look at the subconscious and the conscious, inward, outward things start internally they were an ideal a vision a dream something that you desired and wanted inwardly internally and then it becomes expressed outwardly 
So you can think yourself, think a partner into your life. Think yourself from poor unto wealthy, from ill health unto, uh, unto, from being ill and unto healthy and wholesome and full again and whole again. You can think yourself to that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so it is with him. That's what that scripture says. So you could go from being homeless and having nothing to a beautiful home to being a business owner. That's literally what this is telling you. This scripture is very deep. And that's only one side of it. That's only one part of it. The other part of it is why we're going to talk about words. We're going we're gonna to shed light on that more, but we're going to connect them. So let's talk about words now and then connect the two and, and, and get a little bit broader. So words are the most powerful tool in the universe. Words, I mean, and, and that's, that statement is, me making that statement is contrary to modern belief or what you've been told and taught that maybe, you know, because there's a wide sector of people who believe money is the most powerful tool in our world or whatever, but it's not. It's a very powerful tool. I don't even need to get into the back teaching or even tell you guys. We all know. We've all had money. We know the the options are damn near limitless when you got money. And it's it's very powerful. And it can change lives, shape lives, and do things. You know, the scriptures tell us that money is neutral. It's neither good nor evil. You know what I mean? It's all about who has it. And it also, you know, God equates it on the level of a, of a God. You know, money is very powerful. And it, it could do a lot, but it's not the most powerful. And to get into to the why of that statement and why I said uh, words are the most powerful tool in the universe, we're gonna have to me we're gonna have to open the Bible and we're gonna have to turn to Genesis because that's where the answer lies. And to do that, we're gonna have to have you know me talking to. Uh, Right now, some of my listeners, if you're an atheist or non-believer, I know that when I said Bible, that probably turns you off, you know what I mean? Because I get turned off by religious things too, and you know, and people who are under a spirit of religion, but that's not me. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, but that's where the answer lies. So for the sake of the teaching, let's put our prejudices aside, let's put the negative opinions aside, and you know, let's just go turn over there and see what's where, where the answer is and what the answer is. So in Genesis 1, we see that uh, the scriptures tell us that in the beginning was uh, God created the heaven and the earth, right? So we see that in the beginning God created, but that doesn't that doesn't say how he did it. So to get to the how he did it, we have to skip past verse two. Verse two talks about the state of the, the, the state that the earth was in. But then you get to verse three. Now in verse three, it says just at the beginning of the verse, and God said, from, from verse one, it says God created the heavens and the earth. And then immediately once you get to verse three, it goes into God actually creating. And that, that deals with the how. But then we see now the what, as you continue reading verse 3, was light. But how did he get light into existence? Because everything was in darkness. So for him to create, for us to continue reading and see that he created light says that there was none. But that scripture is telling you how he did it. 
It's the blueprint and the layout of how he brought light into existence from the subconscious realm. It says, and God said, and we, we, we all, even non-believers, atheists, anybody who knows, you know, God said, let there be light. You know what I mean? That's a, a scripture that little kids know, you know what I mean? But yeah, but the, the how he brought light into existence is the importance of our topic and the importance of words. It was the tool used for creation. That's so powerful. This is why it's the most powerful tool in the universe. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, a well-seasoned believer or a Christian or a disciple of Christ knows that that was pertaining to Jesus when you get to understand that Jesus is the Word. But to anybody who is not a Christian or a non-believer, that's not subjective to Jesus. It's subjective to just how it's read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, which is why Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it was Him. It was Him. There was no one else. But then this is, this is why it goes into how He created. How, how did He create? Well, what does Genesis 3 says? And God said, meaning He spoke. It was His words. Which, is, which weighs the importance of our tongue. It weighs the importance of our tongue, our mouth, and our words, and our speech. Meaning that the false narrative is debunked. The false narrative that you're born in this world with nothing but time, or that you're born in this world with nothing, is, is a lie. Because you're born with time and you're born with your words. You see, John 1-1 one, one was pertaining to Jesus, but it wasn't subjective to Jesus. You have to look at it on a more broad scale. God was speaking. God could speak. His tongue was the tool for creation. He spoke things into existence, meaning tongue, meaning our tongues are powerful. Our words are power. Our words are actual substance. You understand? They are our words are actual substance. You just can't see them. You just can't now to sit. You you can't see them. They're supernatural. It's just supernatural. That's that's how I have to explain that to you. That's the that is the explanation. But they can be felt. You see, the term "sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me" is completely false. That's fabricated. It's a lie. It's just not true. It's completely false because words, as we see God creating and he was building up the world, well, words tear down as well. See, words are blessings and, wor blessings and words are curses. They're life and death. That's so powerful because it's all that means they're what you make it. It's all about the user of the words. You see, God wasn't using some Harry Potter sorcery and I had a magic wand to create everything. No, he used words. That's so powerful. He spoke things into existence because he is a speaking spirit, which is why it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's a spirit who could speak and we are spirits. To understand that we, we are subconscious first, we are spirit first. To understand that the, the, what I'm giving you about the teaching of the spirit, that it is first, it lets you know that the physical is second. So if we are spirit and he's a speaking spirit, well, we're speaking spirits. We speak in things into existence as well. That's the tool. That's the power. You understand? It's the power.
power of our words, why it's the most powerful tool in the universe. The blueprint and the layout was right there in Genesis. There was no light. Everything was in darkness. God spoke the light out of darkness from the subconscious into the conscious realm. Genesis 6, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst. Let it divide the water. But I mean, this is what he is creating. He's calling that firmament into existence, dividing waters from above from the waters below. How about when he spoke the land out of the water? The land, everything was engulfed in water. And he called the land out of the water. You can read it for yourself. If you have your Bible, you can turn right there. Genesis 1 through through uh, the first chapter. Just read the whole first chapter and see that God is speaking. See that on everything, on each individual creation and what he wants. See that the scriptures don't start off with, as he's trans- transitioning on to the next, it always starts off with, and God said. He spoke the thing. Using the tool which he has given us, our tongues, using power, our words. Your words are substance. Your words give substance to where there is none. And what what is that power? Well, it's faith. That's why Hebrews 11.1 says... uh, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'm not going to get into a whole faith teaching, but that's letting you know with faith, they connect with your words because you would think that there is no substance. When you speak, you don't feel anything. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. But you can speak things into other people's lives, you, into your children's life. You can, you know, you can speak over yourself because it's actual substance. You just can't see it. It's spiritual. And what that substance is, is seed words are seeds you say well what substance is that well that's that's the answer they're a seed that's how God set everything I'm not going to say everything almost everything in our world today to work think about it I mean uh, we as people we grow what do we grow from from the seed well, what seed, who you, who, what do you come from? Your father. Where were you? You were the, the sperm, the seed in his testicles. You were seed. And then you, and uh, he got with the soil or the egg, the woman. She became fertile and put, you know, you go into the egg. And then what? You grow. You grow from her, from within her womb. And you grow and then you are birthed outwardly into the physical realm. And you grow as a man. Just like the same way with a tree. How does the tree, you, you plant the tree and its roots in the soil. And what, when it's just small and a seed from whatever fruit tree you wanted or whatever tree or plant you wanted, it was the root, very small little thing. Well, it it took hold with the roots or whatever in the soil. And then how did it grow? It got the nourishment, the sunshine and the water. And then what, it grew nice and tall, some tree. And, you know, some have, you know, nice, strong branches, beautiful leaves. Some give forth fruit. You know what I mean? And you just see how the tree grew. And, and manifest it, what it manifested into becoming. But it, what, 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 but again, that goes into the uh, with the manifestation. How did it happen? It took time. It took time and nourishment. Time, again, is the boundary between the subconscious and the con- and the conscious. Things take time. The tree didn't fall out of the sky and was just this mighty tall tree. You know what I mean? With nice strong branches and beautiful leaves. No, it grew. Over time. 
started off as something very small as the seed and that's the same way that's the same t- uh that's the same structure that your words work on they work they are seeds that is the substance and they do grow and manifest themselves into existence so now that that leads uh, us to the next question as in first person dealing with yourself what things are you speaking in your own life what are you confessing in your own life what are you saying i'm having this understanding that words are very important question yourself what are you saying so since things take time to manifest them that manifest themselves what have you spoke into existence it's not about what mm sorry i got tongue tied <clears throat> yeah uh what things are you speaking into existence in your own life with the underst- with the understanding that everything works on the principle of seeds and that those seeds are going to eventually uh sprout and manifest and you know give forth fruit when the fruit is to say you reap what you sow well what things are you speaking in your own life what trees have you planted you know really ask yourself these questions and you know <clears throat> uh you see the it's so detrimental to your life the importance of words it's detrimental because they shape your life they sculpt your life they make your life what they are why and and then as you continue to speak things i mean, I mean as you once you speak it it's a seed planted okay but to continue speaking them and those things and confessing them in your life is nourishment that's how you water it that's how you uh, give it sunshine as to say it's it's literally nourishment the continual speaking of it why that connects into as you think in your heart because internally that's nourishment as well as you continue thinking these things and you think them to be true about yourself and your life or whatever the case might be well that's internal sunshine that's internal nourishment and water for the seed because the confession that you're speaking has to take root and it takes root within you to be expressed on the outside of you without from within so without from within to without basically it, it it's where it's where it it's rooted that's the word that's literally the word no need to to think about that it's literally rooted within you So you could be thinking. I mean, you could th- it's one thing to think in your head, you know, when you go to the store and you probably can't can't afford something or you don't have enough money. You're not going to take it to the register, right? And to embarrass yourself and be declined if your card is declined or you don't have enough money cuz you're just not going to do that. You're not going to put yourself in that position. You can think in your head, "Damn, I'm broke. I ain't got no money or whatever," right? Or I can't pay for that right now. Whatever, whatever. Well, that's one thing, but to think in your heart that you're a poor man you really think this of yourself well that's why you're poor and that's why you continue to be poor and that's why you will stay poor you're thinking this in your heart this is who you think yourself this is how you think your character 
This is how you think. Uh, that is your in destiny. That's what you think your destiny to be. I am a poor man. You think this of yourself. You think this in your heart. And that is going to stay your destiny. Until you begin to think yourself wealthy. And to think that you do have. You maybe think you're poor. You tell yourself you don't have anything. And you don't have anyone. You know what I mean? You literally think this in your heart. And that's a lie. Because the scriptures tell us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. So you can't. You're really thinking you have no one. And you're making yourself. You, you probably messed up connections, partnerships, and friendships. By thinking you have no one. And that's a lie because you have God. You see, where that, that, that's a lie. That's a bad thought, a, a negative confession to think of yourself. And it's a negative confession to let out of your mouth. Words are seeds. They're blessings or they're curses. You cursed yourself, you see. You think yourself poor. You really think, man, I ain't got nothing. I have nothing to my, you know, it's one thing to think in your head that you have nothing to your name, but to continually think this of yourself, like true about yourself, that you got nothing to your name and you choose not to try to do anything to obtain anything anymore. That, that seed, that, that curse has discouraged you to the point to whereas it's holding you down. It's like a chain bound to you. You're bound by your words. And they take root and manifest themselves in a life. Now you're discouraged and demoralized to where it is you don't even want to try to obtain anything. You're that defeated. The thing has manifested itself in, in your life. The thought and the internal thought and the continual water and nourishing of that internal thought t has taken root. And, and just like any tree and any root, you have to tear a tree down and pull the roots up. Start confessing and thinking the right things to break free of generational curses and, and, and curses that are, you have bound to yourself. Curses that you have bound to yourself from the internal thinking. I don't want to throw you off with the generational curses because some can be from that, but we don't have to get into that. But just the curses that you have brought over yourself. And even, I mean, you can not have to necessarily always look at it in the negative light. But it's, it works the same. I mean, the word is not good nor bad. It's just what you make it. You make it good or you make it bad. You make it the blessing or you make it the curse. So you can, I mean, you can, what if you've been thinking good things? And you always thought yourself wealthy and that you will be wealthy and that, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what, even if you didn't have, you had under $5 in your part, in your pocket, you still felt rich and confessed that you were rich and wealthy. And then literally the universe catches up to you, catches up to you, catches up to those words and those confessions. It comes back to cash the check as to say. It just took time. So now, I mean, if you were thinking these things from your, about yourself and inwardly when you were a child, when you become a full-grown man or woman, all of a sudden you are wealthy. All of a sudden you're rich. All of a sudden money just finds its way to you. You, you got a lot of endorsements. People want to endorse you, sponsor you. You know what I mean? People want to bring contracts and big deals to you. I mean, these things happen because of the confession and the internal thought and what you sown in the universe. It, the universe has to cash you out. God set it up and designed it that way. And now you reap the, those things which you have sown. It we're all works off the principle of a seed, all things. You sow what you, you reap what you sow. You sow seeds and you get the harvest from them. Just like with you, when you till the ground and you put things in the ground, you reap what you sow. Corn, uh, corn and crops and 
uh, fruits and fruit trees, all of it. it. God designed everything to work on the principle of seed. And everything has a due harvest. The universe has to cash you out. It has to. It has to. This is very powerful stuff. This is very deep stuff. It's very, uh, a very deep teaching. And it's detrimental to your life. And to your well-being. You understand? Very detrimental. And that and those and those two things are key to one another based off the nourishment. I mean, we could use the we could with the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, words can never hurt me, or whatever. To Joe Blow, you can develop thick skin. Joe Blow's words won't won't uh won't affect you as much. And they can, you know, they can, uh, you can negate them, okay? Even though his words are still blessings and curses, he can curse you. But they, they, God, some people, some people God has a hedge about, a spiritual hedge to whereas he said, you know, he, he, he has a set up and established with them and said to them, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who, and cur- who curse you, Okay? Now, with that, these are unique and special individuals who he does this for. With understanding the importance of your words, you have to be careful what you say to people, okay? Because because of that established hedge that he has about them, you can curse yourself just saying any old thing to anyone and not understanding how important your words are. Now, you just told this person they won't be shit or... You know, you just told somebody about, they told them off about their kids. Oh, that little such and such. You know, your daughter this, and she gonna be a hoe, blah, blah, blah. Or you're just telling somebody about their kids, or him up, gonna get killed, he do this, little, do he keep down the same path. Like, you can literally have said that, and then all of a sudden, your kids get killed, or your kids wind up not being nothing, blah, 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 whatever the case might be, et cetera, et cetera. It can literally happen that way, or you can speak curse, uh, blessings into somebody's life, and God will bless you a hundredfold, because you just built up somebody's kids with your words, or built that person up and said, you're going to do this, you're going to be great, you will be, you know, whatever the case might be, just some some very uplifting words and blessing them, God bless you tenfold, a hundredfold, things come back to you, things come back to your children, so that's why I'm saying be careful with what you say to people, and I even got some scriptures here that I'm going to read off that'll let you know about the importance of your words and why you should watch your mouth but not just with the analogy I just gave you let's get back to let's get back to that analogy I was finna get into with talking about uh, sticks and stones and a child now alright look let's just say you have a person who you know Joe Blow's words don't affect you but why words build up and, and they do tear down and that they actually do hurt, we have to look at it this way. I mean, you can imagine, take a child, for example, and a parent, okay? A child and a parent. To to most children, they idolize their parents, okay? 
to most that's to most now we know in this world there's people who there's some kids who just you know don't have that great relationship so they don't idolize their parents they, but they wind up idolizing celebrities even though you know we all idolize celebrities but for the most for the sake of most children at least you at least idolize one of your parents okay and their words hold dear to you whether they're good nor bad it's because of who that person is to you so now with that being said imagine the parent telling this child whom he holds dear whom they hold dear to their heart which is their spirit imagine the, the parent telling the child you ain't nothing you ain't gonna be nothing or you just like your such and such your mom your dad you just like them that you lazy you this you that you know or all these bad things, you ain't gonna be nothing, you ain't shit, you won't mount to anything, just saying stuff like this, just cursing them, imagine how demoralized that child must be, how, I mean, imagine, I mean, esteem shot to hell, their esteem is shot to hell, their confidence is torn down by those words, imagine how that child must feel, for sticks and stones may break your bones and words can never hurt, for those words to not hurt, that child I mean, to say that those words can't hurt, that is just a lie. That child is feeding on those words. That child's spirit is crushed, confident, crushed, esteem, you know, crushed, torn down through those words. Okay, those, and those words have cursed the child, you see. Not only is that a, a seed planted, but now, let's just say for the sake of the analogy, let's just say that the, the parent continues to say that to the child just because one day the child didn't bring home the best grades. He done, now he's saying it again. He's back off ranting and he's becoming casual with it. Maybe one day the child stayed out a little longer, forgot to take care of his chores. Now the parent's back on their ass again saying it. You ain't nothing. You won't mount to be nothing. You just like your dad. You let mom. You lazy. Blah, blah, blah watering it that's continual watering it that's continually opening the blind so it can get sunshine just like with a plant that's continual sunshine water and nourishment now let's go to the child how the child may, must go off maybe cry at sometimes when the parent's not around or when he's just thinking or with his friends and gets into deep thought he thinks on those words continually when he tries to play ball, when he's trying to do schoolwork, he's feeding himself, whatever the case might be. But the, the, the continual thinking on those words because of who you are to them. Because how dear they hold you, they idolize you. Every child at least idolizes one of its parents. Even, I mean, there's plenty, like I just said, there's people who don't have that the best relationship mm -hmm. with their parents. So their parents aren't that big of idols. We get it, we get it. But for the sake of the analogy, I mean, just imagine how those words resonate with the child. And they sink in because they're seeds and they're substance and they take hold and take root. Now, 20, 20 years down the line, when the child is a full grown adult, you know, they don't mount to anything or maybe they did something that got themselves killed or maybe they're in and out of jail or maybe they're just in prison and they're doing they got they got life. So they can't mount to anything like these words literally manifest. The universe is coming back for the words. It's a harvest that's going to be, you know, rep. You reap what you sow. God set up the universe like that. You reap what you sow. You spoke those words back then telling them how they weren't going to be nothing. And you kept casually doing it because it's bad grades or whatever the case might have been. You kept saying this and they manifested into the conscious realm. But what do we, what, what do we talk about? Things take time. Time and nourishment, 
That's how seeds work. That's how trees grow. That's how things get built. No car was just a car. It had to get built. It took time. No tree just dropped out of the sky. It took time. Time and nourishment. The nourishment is the water and the sunlight. That's your, that's your words. You continually say it. That's the water and the light. You speaking it. You're nourishing it. And it produced outwardly 20 years down the line. The child then got killed. The child is in and out the streets. Now, I mean, I mean, people. some people got to do what they got to do. We're not going to make this about the streets. But they, they got themselves killed. They were gangbanging over there. They done killed people. Now they got locked up. Just all this type of bad stuff. They, maybe, they, maybe they start a lot of things and they don't finish them. And now they're, they're, they're a failure. Or they're continuing to fail. All because of everything you spoke back then. Because of the seed that you planted. Because of the curse that you planted in them. Curses and blessings. Life and death. That's what your words are. So what are you speaking? What are you speaking into your own life? What are you speaking into your children's life? Your brothers and sisters. What do you... You maybe have fallouts with people where you don't cuss them out and said they like... What, what things are you speaking? Are you governing your mouth day in and day out? Let's look at what let's look at some of these scriptures that I have wrote wrote down and see what the Bible says about the importance of your words and how the Bible deducts the phrase of sticks and stones, okay? Matthew Matthew 15:11 What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. That that's telling you right there that you, you know, I mean, as nasty as this might be, like a person could literally eat shit, okay? That's disgusting. They could eat crap and that God is telling you that he is not repulsed by them. That the temple is not, well, I mean, it's repulsive, but I mean, it's telling you that the temple is not defiled. It is, that, that person is not messed up. But what comes out of your mouth, it's the things that you are saying. What have you said to others that could maybe have just resonated with you you know you're gonna feel like crap once you then said something to somebody that they love that you loved or just imagine if you said something to your loved one and then they passed away you said something that just wasn't the best and you tore their spirit down. you know you're gonna feel like shit your temple is defiled the temple is become that's what that's talking about and it continues the scripture continues the heart of the righteous weighs its answers the heart of the righteous weighs its answers but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil proverbs 15 4 the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So deep. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Psalms chapter 34 verse 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. David is the one who uh, who wrote the Psalms. Listen, I mean, as I as I told you guys about it being common knowledge to our biblical ancestors and uh, to our ancestors, them having that this understanding of this teaching. Listen to a prayer that David prayed. He to to God. He said, "Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips." 
that's so powerful. Once you get this understanding, that means you should kind of be praying these prayers. I mean, start telling God, you know, God, help me watch my mouth. Help me watch what I say. This is basically the gist and the most of his prayers. What he's saying, God, help me watch my mouth. Help me watch what I speak over people or speak to my children or speak into my own life. Help me watch what I'm saying to people. I don't want to just be babbling. I don't want to be rambling. I don't want to give people false information. God, set guard, uh, watch over the door of my lips. You know, they, I mean, he wants to, you, you, you could tell he wants to be a credible source, a reliable source. I mean, even with, with people today, they're, they're, they, they're not double checking their re They're not doing their research. They're not double checking it. People are, I mean, some people are not credible sources. People will spew, uh, spew out, you know, false information and people are, you know, and we're misinforming others and people are running with, you know, just misbeliefs. And, it, and it's sad. We got to start watching you know, the information we're putting out, watching our mouths, watching what we're saying. Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gashes folly. Or the mouth of the fool gushes folly, excuse me. And folly is foolishness, another word for foolishness or a lack of good sense. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the right, the speech of the upright rescues them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. Excuse me. Stands firm. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 and verse 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. That's so deep. That's that's so deep. Like even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. That just lets you know. I mean, that go that goes into you know, uh, people who who talk and say irrelevant things and ask irrelevant questions that when other people are around, nobody will benefit from the answer to the question because it was so irrelevant. So, excuse me, so irrelevant. Like, and that also is telling you about, you know, speaking up when, when you don't know something as well, too. Like, don't just... It's no shame. I mean, we're all ignorant to some to, to things. So it's no shame in being ignorant, but there's shame in staying ignorant. When you don't know something, or like in 2018, people have a hard time saying they don't know. If you don't know, speak up and say you don't know because you look intelligent. Don't try to talk and, and, and chime in on a conversation and you know you don't know what you're talking about. And don't ask irrelevant questions that nobody is going to benefit from the answer. Don't be afraid to say you don't know because you look intelligent. You look like you want to, you know, and then, and then ask, what is this? Or how do I do this? Or what is that? You know, just start asking the questions. Ask the right questions as well. Because now you look, you look smart. You look intelligent. You look like you're trying to seek wisdom. Yeah, fools are thought wise when they keep silent and discerning when they hold their tongue. Proverbs 18 and tw uh, verse 20 and verse 21 from the and this is the jit and the sum to sum up, if I was to sum up this whole topic and teaching kind of in one scripture 
it would have to be this one here, Proverbs 18, uh, 20 and 21. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest. You, The harvest is what you get back. You reap what you sow. Listen to that part, that first part of that scripture again. From the fruit of their mouth. So from what you've been saying, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They, with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Verse 21. I mean, that was so deep. Just verse 20. And the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me just read that all together. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the, with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's to sum up everything I'm, that the teaching is about. Like, So you just have to be careful with what you say because you're going to get back what you've been saying and what you've been speaking into the universe. The universe will cash you out. It's going to cash you out. Not to say, if I were to say it will cash you out, it's almost like saying it would do it. No, 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 I'm not trying to say it like that casually. No, I'm saying you're going, the scripture just told you you're going to get back what you've been saying and confessing. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. What is satisfied? You get full. You just what you done got. So that's even look. I mean, you have to look at that in a negative light as well. Like you're gonna get what you've been saying, even if it was bad. You're gonna be filled up. You're gonna get satisfied. The universe is going to give it to you because you've been speaking it into the universe. So if you've been calling yourself uh, this or that, if you've been saying this and that, it's all gonna happen, good or bad. That's what that's telling you good or bad it's going to happen you're going to get what you've been saying and that's so deep i mean it's just letting you know in the tongue there's blessings in the tongue there's curses there's life and death it's all in the power of the tongue <clears throat> i'm uh, we're going to be getting ready to close this here uh you know something else i get i i have a few other examples that i can just give to you just to let you understand the severity uh, I mean, you could, again, the book of Genesis is my favorite book in the Bible because it's where creation was established. It's where you see God dealing and uh, how he, you see God dealing with the, some of the first individuals who were here and uh, where, where, where we descend from. And you see God dealing with us in the beginning. And it's just so interesting and it's always stuck out to me. So, I mean, with that said... I mean, there. I could give you. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you two more examples. The first one is with Abraham. Before Abraham, if you know this story, and even for those who don't, I mean, let me just give it to you. God, God used Abraham and established His covenant with him, and He told him, "I was going to make you the father of many nations." In fact, that is what Abraham's name means. That person originally, his name was Abram. Okay. And God called Abraham, he, God called Abram, Abraham, changed his name to father of many nations. And this is when he didn't have one single child. He didn't even have one child. And God told him, your name is Abraham. I'm call, I call you Abraham. I'm calling him a father when he didn't even have one child. Him and his wife, or uh, wife Sarah, were under the impression that they couldn't even have children. Okay. That's so deep for him to be calling him a father when he thinks his wife can't give him any children. You know, they don't have none. He wants some, blah, blah, blah. 
and he's calling him father and his name means father of many nations and God told him your children would be you your children will be as many as the uh, as if someone were to try to number the sands your children will be as the number of the sands if you could literally count the, uh, the grain of sand, that's how many children you will have. Calling him father of many nations. All nations of people descended from Abraham. You know, this is why, you know, we know that Jacob came from Abraham and, and God. The chosen people came out of Jacob, which is Israel. You know, all nations descend from Abraham. All nations of people did actually descended from, from, from uh, Jacob who came out of Abraham where God established a covenant. And then God establishes covenant with Israel who come from Jacob and but all nations of people. You know what I'm saying? So, like we're talking your biblical nationality, who we all are in the world. That's what I'm talking about. And we all are descendants of Jacob who come from Abraham where God told him I'm establishing my covenant with you. So, understand that, I mean, and everything working on the principle of a seed, God called Abraham called Abram Abraham and it didn't happen overnight he didn't have that child I mean he wound up having a child by another woman but it wasn't the child uh, whom God would give to whereas the the, uh, the chosen people would come from and it wasn't uh, God was telling Sarah and Abraham that she would have a baby and that didn't even happen it didn't happen overnight Rome wasn't built overnight Sarah didn't have her baby till she was 96 years old okay so I mean this took a long time and eventually even eventually it happened God kept calling him a father when he didn't have one child you understand and what happened all and to this day we live it all nations of people descend from him from when he established that covenant with Abraham it's so deep it's so powerful it lets you know the importance of words. He called a man a father who didn't have not one child. Why are you calling me a father? And the universe eventually mm-hmm. kept caught up with him and cashed him out. And now he has countless children. Countless descendants of people descend from Abraham. It's so deep. Think about that. The other example I could give you to, leg- to, to understanding the importance of your words that 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 was more so pertaining to God speaking a specific thing into existence just letting you know that you can do the same you could call yourself something when when you can't when you probably can't even believe it of yourself and it'll eventually uh, manifest and fulfill into existence come into fruition called a man who had no children a father and he wound up having a lot of children just from calling him a father. So that's that again is letting me that is me letting you know and that is God letting us know that you can literally speak things into existence for which you want. Once you have this understanding of this this knowledge, this teaching, this wisdom and how important your words are, you can speak just as, just as well as I was telling you, you can think your situation into existence. You can do the same with your tongue. They go hand in hand, which is why I said at the beginning of this, of the uh, pod, that it's a two-part teaching. You have to teach them together. You can constantly speak the thing and think the thing internally, and it will literally shape and scope and mold your life into what it is you've been confessing and thinking. And God did it with Abraham. He called this man a father when he had not even one child. 
That's so powerful. That's so deep. And it same works for us. He called light into existence when there was none. Let's look at God dealing again in Genesis when he was dealing with Adam and Eve in the garden. Let's just go go fast forward to whereas they uh when sin first took place and God started dealing with them. Let's look at the state of the world in which we live today. We live it out every day a, a curse that he spoke. And we live it every day and it's still going. His word has not stopped producing the fruit cuz we live it. It's self-existent. And from when he and he spoke it thousands of years ago. And the word is still producing to this day. That's how powerful your words are. Once the seed is planted, it is there. It's you speaking it into the universe. The universe is not went anywhere. We live in the universe. So what did God say? Some people believe that God cursed man. No, God didn't curse man. He loves us, okay? God, you know, they think we age and we die natural deaths because God cursed us. That's the state of the world. No, he didn't curse man. What did he say? God said, cursed is the ground for your sake. He cursed the ground. And then is the, that scripture continues. He says, from the dust you were taken to the dust you shall return. For, you know, for the disobedience in the garden, for what, for what Adam and Eve did. Okay. Now look at the condition we are in. We age. And we can die natural death. You don't have to get ill. You don't have to get, you know, shot or stabbed or fall off a bridge or something for you to die. No, you can, you will die a natural death. You're going to. Someday you're going to die. Why? Because God cursed the ground. What, what does, where does our flesh and bone come from? From the ground. It says, from the dust you were taken to the dust you shall return. Which is why we age and die natural deaths. And what happens? Your body decays and turns back into dust. Your, bo- your bones and things turn back into the dust of the earth. That's so powerful from a word that he spoke back then. He didn't curse us. He cursed the ground. It was like a it's like a parent. You wouldn't curse your child. You love them. God sent. I mean, anybody, a well-seasoned Christian knows the, the teaching of Jesus, how God sent him to die for us. He was his begotten son. But it describes letting you know the measure of his love. How much he loved all of us and what he gave up, the sacrifice he made for us. So, no, he wouldn't curse us. He didn't say curse it be man. No, he said curse is the ground. It was like it was it was like if you get upset at your child, you're just not going to be like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Because you love your child. You're not going to talk to them like that. But you, he said, motherfuck the ground, that's to say, for your sake, for what you did. And what happened? He wind up those curses came into fruition. This is which is why we have to till the land. And, you know, it was the first existence of, of thorns coming coming from plants and out of the ground and stuff and why we have to till the land and, and we sweat and do things and like it, the earth isn't giving forth just fruit all of its own like it was and we have to make it come out is why we got farmers and all this and we have to farm the land farm for our our fruits and vegetables and things that all came from that curse everything he had said you will till the land you will, you know what I mean by you'll be prickled by thistles and thorns etc etc from the dust you were to the dust you shall return. Although we live these things, there's farmers all over the world, and you know, you know where you, uh, for the produce and the vegetables and things, how we have to work for those things. We we age naturally and we're decaying. I mean, we live this curse. It, it lets you know 
how powerful the mouth is, how powerful words are. God spoke way back then, and it's taking a, it's taking hold. We live it every day. We live it out. We see it. You can deny the Bible and, and say you don't like to deal with religious things, but you cannot deny what you are living. The Bible is full evidence. It's full evidence of everything of the, of the state of the world. You read it, and then you live it. Your living it is is self evident is evidence of the of the biblical scriptures. So I mean, you can you can deny the Bible, but you can't deny what. Yeah, you can deny the Bible, but you 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 can't deny. <clears throat> you can't deny what you see, live. You can't deny your senses. So, yeah, I just want to, you know, conclude with that. Uh, I kind of blacked out. Like, you're going to hear some, uh, I didn't black out. You're going to hear, like, it's going to sound like I cut back in. I kind of ran out of recording time with this app I'm using. Mm-hmm. But, uh... <clears throat> Yeah, I'm concluding here, you guys. I just, all I ask is that you, you know, feed on these words, take these words, and I just want you guys to be edified, you know, that by the words that I've given you and shared with you and by this message. Uh, just think on them, feed on them, and start governing your mouth. Take this message, listen to it, listen to it a couple times if you have to, and really understand, really get the understanding that what you speak outwardly and express in the physical world will come to happen and also what you think internally within the subconscious within inside you will come into existence these things they go hand in hand so you have to watch what you think inwardly and also watch what you say outwardly they go together and with that knowledge you can start using you can start using this knowledge this wisdom and sculpting your life into and into a uh into a better model of what you see or what you would like it to be um and something uh, uh pretty much a be- what you envision that could pre- pretty much be what you desire and what you envision and what you what you want something beautiful or something to be desired that other people would see and I mean not necessarily get jealous or envy but just something that other people would see as as good and but it's not even about what others would see as good what you would see it's what you want what 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 you you we are all responsible for our happiness so you know what would make you happy and you can think your way there internally and speak your way there externally by what you confess and what you are speaking you have the power to sculpt and shape your life the power is yours because god put it in your tongue i want you to take this wisdom take this knowledge Feed on it, eat of it, and even don't just don't just let me have informed you. Just go check everything I've said. Go check it for yourself. Make sure I'm credible. Make sure I'm reliable. Cause I I too am responsible for my words. So with that said, I enjoyed giving you guys this message. It's all love from me. You know, it's your boy, the wise man, young God, young God, Chris Julian. I'm out. 
You guys stay, stay vigilant, stay blessed, stay focused. I love you.